Welcome back to South Florida Sunday. Sharina with you. And this Sunday is World Stroke Day. So I've invited Dr. Brian Snelling, the director of the Stroke Program with the Marcus Neuroscience Institute, on the show to talk about strokes and stroke prevention. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Definitely great to have you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your role as the director of the Stroke Program at the Marcus Neuroscience Institute? You're at the Boca Raton Regional Hospital, right? Absolutely, yeah. So as a medical director of our Stroke Program at Marcus Neuroscience Institute, I sort of wear two hats. The first one is that I'm a dual-trained um, cerebrovascular neurosurgeon. So I'm responsible for treating blood vessel disorders of the brain and spine, either through surgery or through catheter basic. And then as a medical director, I'm responsible for overseeing the stroke program and how we treat patients both medically or surgically for stroke. In addition, how do we prevent patients from having strokes? So uh, how we do that as a hospital, both when patients are in the hospital or when they're coming to see us in the clinic, um, those are the measures I receive. Wow. That makes for a very busy day for you, though. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. Um, so what is the significance of World Stroke Day? You know, World Stroke Day is, uh, is, is really important to those of us who try to prevent stroke and treat patients with stroke for a living. Stroke is, you know, the fifth leading cause of uh, death and disability uh, in the U.S. and around the world, and it's only going to be a prevalent problem um, as our as our country continues to age. And, you know, and stroke can leave patients with significant uh, deficits and significant disabilities that they have to live the rest of their life with. Um, And because of that, bringing uh, awareness to that and letting people know, uh, you know, not only the signs and symptoms of stroke and how to recognize one in themselves or a loved one, but in addition to things that they can do to prevent themselves or their loved ones from having a stroke, we think that it is uh, critically important. Okay, so you actually hit on one of my next questions. What are the common risk factors for strokes? Sure. You know, the, the way I try to think about it to, to make it easy for everyone is a lot of people are very aware of the risk factors for heart attacks and cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same blood vessels that provide blood to the heart, um, those same types of arteries go on to provide uh, blood flow to the brain. So in, in the same way you can keep your heart healthy, you can, you can keep the arteries that deliver blood to your brain healthy. So not smoking, no excessive alcohol use making sure that you know, if you have diabetes, that those things are well controlled, avoid high blood pressure, make sure that if you have high cholesterol that's controlled. All of those same measures are, are the things that we tell people uh, in our clinic to, to prevent uh, having a stroke. Right, right. You definitely have a point there. Um, you mentioned earlier that stroke is like number five on the list of leading cause of deaths in the United States. What are some of the common symptoms that someone would experience or you know, family members could notice and their loved one if they have suffered a stroke? Um, you know, a lot of the times if someone is having a stroke, the things we tell the community, um, if we tell them the acronym BFAST, B stands for balance, E stands for eyes, S stands for face, so it sort of the facial droop, um, A stands for arm, such as arm weakness, mm-hmm. S stands for speech, such as difficulty speaking or difficulty understanding speech, and T, that stands for time to call 911. So, those are the things we try to teach people in the community to recognize and friends and family members. And if they do see those signs or symptoms, uh, they do need to call 911. Don't drive your friend or your loved one or yourself to the hospital. And I heard that there's like a new symptoms that family members and friends should also look out. If you're trying to determine if your family member has had a stroke, you could actually tell them to stick out their tongue. And if it's like a little wopsided or it goes to one side. Um, that's, that's possibly one. But, you know, uh, tongue, I guess, deviation isn't as, as easy to pick up as some of the other things. So that acronym that I just laid out, those are the, those are the big ones. You have trouble talking, mm-hmm. face or arm weakness, you know, blurry or double vision, maybe some balance issues. It's, um, and especially if they come on out of nowhere, then it, it's definitely time to, to call 911. 
get evaluated by EMS and then probably brought to the hospital. And can you talk about how important it is to seek a medical help after a stroke? Yeah, I mean, it's vitally important. You know, we like to say time is brain. For many types of stroke, we can reverse the uh, symptoms of the stroke based on various interventions that we have. And our ability to do that is completely time-based, meaning if you're having a stroke and you get to the hospital, in some patients we can give them clot-busting medications or we can actually put a catheter up into the artery of the brain and retrieve the clot and pull it out of the brain and, and save that part of the brain that, that's, uh, that's currently suffering from a lack of blood flow. And our ability to have good outcomes and to treat people successfully is dependent on how quickly they get to the hospital. So if you do recognize those signs and symptoms, do call 911, don't delay, don't drive yourself. And getting here as quickly as possible allows us to treat you as quickly as possible. Right, and they also have to take into account for the time that they'll need to get to the hospital for you guys to run tests and a few other things, right? Exactly, but you know, if you call 911 and EMS evaluates you, uh, the paramedics evaluate you in the field, then they usually call, they'll call us at the Marcus Neuroscience Institute. They'll say, hey, this patient seems like they're having a pretty significant stroke. Mm-hmm. We, can, we actually meet you at the door. So as soon as they pull in, we're ready for you. So all of that time spent, we've really cut a lot of time off. And that's how you know, ourselves as a, a comprehensive stroke center is able to achieve really good outcomes is that we do a lot of what's called pre-alerting. So EMS pre-alerts us about stroke patients. So we're ready to meet them at the door and we we cut off a lot of that excess time to deliver that life-saving care as quickly as possible. And what are some of the stroke prevention tips that you can kind of give us? Um, You know, I think some of the the basic stroke prevention tips are are similar to the things we we talked about earlier. You know, there's a lot of medical conditions that can predispose you to having a stroke. So Mm. high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, all of those things, people need to work very closely with their cardiologist or their primary care doctor to make sure that those are as well controlled as possible. Uh, you know, another common one is people can have an abnormal heart rhythm called atrial fibrillation. If right. you have that, you know, you need to work with your primary care doctor or your cardiologist to be put on sometimes medications to, to actually thin the blood and prevent you from having a stroke. There's other rare types of uh, a stroke, strokes an umbrella term, so certain people can have brain aneurysms that can rupture and cause bleeding. That's a bleeding type of stroke in the brain. If you have multiple family members in your family that have had a brain aneurysm, definitely have a screening test. So usually we can do a special type of MRI to test to see if you have a brain aneurysm because they do run in families. So, you know, depending on, depending on stroke is a, is a big term and it means a lot of different things. So the most common one are clots that get lodged in the arteries of the brain. So we already talked about that with, with uh, controlling all those lifestyle factors. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the other ones, um, making sure that, you know, if you have an abnormal heart rhythm, that that's appropriately taken care of. If you do have a family history of stroke, talk to your primary care doctor and make sure that they have, have you appropriately screened or checked up on to make sure that, um, you know, if you were able to present that accordingly. And you're working on a new study uh, with stroke patients and stem cells. How does that work? So for some of our patients, when they come to the hospital, they have a large artery that delivers blood to the brain that's blocked. Mm-hmm. So we put a small catheter up, we actually retrieve that clot, and we pull it out of the brain. Um, when that's done, a lot of times the brain goes back to normal, patients regain full function. Sometimes they don't, and they still have some symptoms left over. And a study that we're doing um, is actually we're taking stem cells, so bone marrow-derived stem cells, from uh, from another patient, and we're actually injecting them into the arteries of the brain to see if those stem cells can actually help save that part of the brain that's been damaged. 
but something that's pretty novel and special that we're doing, and we're doing that as part of a sponsored clinical trial uh, with a company that helps develop these special types of stem cells. We're the first in Florida to have enrolled a patient. We actually did that within the past month. Wow, and that's at Baptist Health, correct? Yeah, Marcus Neuroscience Institute at Baptist Health, South Florida. And uh, can you talk about the quality of life for patients who have suffered a stroke, um, like what it looks like today rather than like years prior? Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a great point. You know. Um, the best thing we can do to help patients who are having signs and symptoms of stroke is to actually reverse the symptoms as they're happening with these with these emergency life-saving treatments. Um, and some of those patients who, who don't go completely back to normal, you know, life can certainly change. And depending on the part of the brain that's affected, you could have trouble walking, uh, you could have trouble using your hands, you could have trouble speaking or understanding speech. And certainly the path forward after that involves a lot of intensive rehabilitation. At uh, Boca Raton Regional Hospital, we have a dedicated outpatient neuro uh, rehabilitation center for patients that have had strokes. So that's where patients get a robust outpatient therapy to help them regain as much function as possible. So, you know, when you leave the hospital, that's not, patients generally end up doing a lot better um, six to 12 months afterwards. So usually after about six to 12 months of rehabilitation, patients end up doing a lot better and a lot of those symptoms um, have improved. They may have not gotten all the way back to normal health. Um, so on World Stroke Day, what is the most important message you want to share with the public? You know, the most important message that, that I think is important is to be fast. Making sure everybody recognizes the signs and symptoms of a stroke. You know, it's not like a heart attack. With a heart attack, people have chest pain. You know, they're, they have this impending sense of doom, and they know that something's wrong with them. But strokes are silent. They don't cause pain. Uh, a lot of people just try to shrug off the symptoms. So if you're noticing those symptoms or you recognize those symptoms that we talked about in a family member, um, a friend or a loved one, definitely pick up the phone and call 911. Let, you know, get EMS to evaluate you. Get to a hospital like ours at Marcus Neuroscience Institute. It's a comprehensive stroke center that can evaluate you and treat you as, as quick as possible. Um, don't, don't shrug off the symptoms. Don't, don't drive yourself. That's the most important thing I can say. Especially because isn't there something where like you can have like many strokes before the big stroke? Of course, yeah. You can have TIAs or transient ischemic attacks. So sometimes people can have plaque in the arteries and that plaque can uh, become unstable and they can start to shower and have shower small clots and they can have these small strokes that sort of uh, are like a, they, they sort of like are the many, many earthquakes before the big one. So if you notice any of those symptoms, it's, it's definitely an emergency. It's not something to call your primary care doctor and say, oh, I'll get an appointment in a couple of weeks to have this checked out. Treat it as an emergency. Don't shrug it off and let yourself be evaluated by the experts who, uh, who committed their lives to, uh, to preventing and treating stroke. Right. And if listeners want to participate in your trial or maybe learn a little bit more about uh, the Institute, how can they do that? Yeah, I think the easiest way to learn about that is the trial is really for patients who are actually having a stroke, so it's not available for the community. But if you want, if you if, if if you want to learn more about stroke or about any of our programs, I think reaching out to us on our website is easily the best way to do that. Oh, right at the Boca Raton Regional Hospital dot com. I also found some details by typing in Marcus Neuroscience Institute in Google. Well, thanks for the chat, Doctor Snelling. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.